Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester, and with me as always is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? It's going well. I feel like people should be honored and blessed to uh, get some football advice and analysis from people in last place in the uh, NFL Pool of Pools competition. Are we Are we last place, literally? Yeah, by ourselves, dead last. It's, it's, <laughs> That's awesome. It's, we're in last, and then our, our greatest disciple, Superfan Robbie, is in second to last. So <laughs> We know nothing, and we teach people nothing. Yeah, that's certainly true. Uh, we have continued to, uh, d- or I'll speak for myself here, to disrespect and disregard the Atlanta Falcons all season long. Uh, did it once again. We both uh, thought the Packers would go into Atlanta and win rather easily. And we forgot that the Falcons are the team that actually had the best offense all year and that have the MVP. Yeah, we totally uh, blew with the Falcons. I feel like last year I was on the Adam Gaze, Dan Quinn train hard, and then it didn't do anything for me, and I got off of it, and, and what a mistake yeah. this year not to... Uh... Yeah, I mean, that game obviously could have been a lot closer. You know, the Packers' offense sort of disappeared, and but a lot of that was a little bit fluky. You know, like the you know the turnovers, obviously the fumble by Ripkowski, which, and I'm sure you're like me. I was screaming at my TV. I was so frustrated, not just by the fact that I thought it should have been a safety, but the fact that the, that the announcers didn't even mention that. Well, I don't expect anything out of, out of you know, Buck Aikman <laughs> or, or Nan Sims. I would rather, like, I talk over them. Even, I, like, yesterday I was watching in a group of 15, and... I figured, but how do you like, not even, you should they want don't even show the replay and even analyze it? Oh, was he down at the one? You know, did his momentum carry him into the end zone? Did he voluntarily go into the end zone? You know, to me, it should have either been a safety or it should have been marked at the one, but there was no way to give that a touchback. He recovered the ball at the one-yard line and then rolled backwards of his own accord into the end zone. So I watched it a bunch of times, and what I came up with is uh, he doesn't really have possession until he's in the end zone, so it's a touchback. Yeah, I thought I thought his knee was down on the one yard line. Obviously, it required more introspection than that, but yeah, no, yeah. He, he you could make a very strong case, especially once you rule it on the field. It's it, there's no way you could prove that he has possession on the one. All right. Anyway, um, so that game ended up being a blowout, and then the next game was even worse. You know, the, the Steelers were were a step below those other three teams, and that became pretty clear uh, pretty early on. I thought, obviously, losing Le'Veon Bell did not help. No, but there was no scenario where they're going to win that game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I think we, we got everything wrong. We got the over-unders wrong. We got the picks wrong. The only thing we got right is we knew the Patriots would win, right? That's about it. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't really know that because we didn't even pick them to cover. We hedged on that, basically. Yeah, yeah, we hedged. That's true. Um, all right. So why don't we – what we're going to do this week, we're going to do a couple of rankings. 
uh, the first thing we're going to do is we thought, you know, you've really been wanting to rank all the Super Bowls. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to go back and I wanted to do like a dead spin style thing where I rank all 50 and pitch it to people. But I got yeah. to I never did it. Yeah. Um, and I also told I you, I just I feel like rank all 50. Yeah. And you're like, no, I am a lazy bum who doesn't want to do that. I wanted to go back this like the last two weeks and wa- rewatch all 50. Super rewatch all 50. Super I mean, yeah, if that's insane. If we're and we could have even split them 25, 25. If we're football experts. We should be putting in the time. <laughs> like, that's what we should be doing. Yeah. Well, so instead I, I said, why don't we rank... 30, 20. Yeah, so what I said is, look, when we were growing up, the Super Bowl was anticlimactic. It was really the NFC title game that would be the real dis- you know, dis- decider of, of who was the champion in the league. Sure. Because, you know, 13 years in a row, the NFC won. There were massive spreads every year, and the NFC would cover it every year. You know, there's a couple of exceptions, obviously, you know, like Norwood, uh, Wide Right, for example. But for the most part, Super Bowls were, were pretty boring, unwatchable. You'd go just for the party. And the year that that changes, when we were ninth grade, was the uh, was Super Bowl 32, was Broncos-Packers. And, and that Super Bowl wasn't expected to be any different, by the way. You know, the Packers went to that Super Bowl as an 11-point favorite, uh, you know, and, and Brett Favre was uh, was uh, in the middle of back-to-back-to-back, or it was I think it was the third of his three consecutive uh, MVPs, which is the only time in history anybody's ever done that. So nobody ever thought Denver had a chance, but, you know, it, it obviously became a great Super Bowl. And I said, so why don't we rank the Super Bowls from that point forward the last 20 years, because that's really when the Super Bowls have become more interesting for the most part. Oh, there's been bad ones here or there, but there's, there's, you know, it's not like it was before that where for most of our lives it was automatic that the NFC team was going to win. Yeah, it's just hard to, uh, you know, for, for the millennials out there, it's just hard to overstate how big the Niners-Cowboys games were, the occasional Packers-Cowboys or Niners-Packers game. I, it was even like the week 11. Oh, like Washington teams, was in there a few times. Yeah, I know. mean, and also you look back and like some of those teams, especially like some of the Niners teams that didn't make the Super Bowl, because obviously all the Niners teams won the Super Bowl until the the, the Kaepernick era. Um, all the Niners teams that didn't make the Super Bowl, like they had they had some ridiculously good teams that would have easily won the AFC for like five different seasons. Yeah, well, again, there's a reason why the Super Bowl spread every year in the 80s and early 90s was you know 10 or 12 points or even more. I think like the 49ers Chargers game was like an 18 point spread or something like that. So yeah, so why don't we do that? So we're going to start the podcast. We're going to rank the uh, the last 20 Super Bowls. Uh, you know, in, in how good the game was. I'll say, I sort of, I judge based on two criteria. To me, it's not just how good the game is, but it's how good the game was expected to be. In other words, like, how important it seemed going in. You know, part of the okay. reason the Packers, part of the reason the Packers-Cowboys game last week was so great, and, you know, it's been the only good playoff game we've had this year, is because we expected it to be great and then met the hype. So, in other words, if we had a, so if a Super Bowl was a fantastic game, but it was between two Met teams and nobody really expected it to be that good, mm-hmm. I sort of move it down a little bit. Sure. Uh, and if a game and wasn't that great. I'm to this, and I have very strong opinions on the Super Bowl. And, I, I mean, I'm on record I can do the, the game and score of all 50 Super Bowls. Yeah. Um, I think easily at this point. But I don't, I don't know if I could still do all 50 MVPs. But, um, like, you're, what you're saying, I don't think if we did all 50, you'd hold to it. Because according to your logic, where would you have the Jets-Colts game? I know you're a Namath hater. I bet you hate that game. But according to your logic, there's no way that game can't be top five. No, because going in, that going in, the Jets weren't supposed to have a chance. Of course. Retroactively so 18, because so they like won. An 18, a, 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 the team that was predicted by all three Sports Illustrated football experts to win by 40-plus points, yeah. right? I think Dr. Z, like a very... You know, like calm guy, you know, had had the Colts winning forty nine nothing. Like, yeah, and then, and then the other team like pounds them, at, at, you know, and and there's like obviously incredibly big historical implications. Yeah, the, you know, historically yeah. it's probably the most important game ever played. 
Yeah. Um, well. Okay. So you it's know, so like where you know that game can't not be top five or six according to your. Uh, where well, no, in, I said it's two things. Vacuum, also, ha- that's not even top thirty. Well, no, it also has to be a good game. I said there's there's two factors here. Okay, so but but now where would you rank a game like that? A game that's a below average game, but well, we'll get to some of those. We, we we've had some of those in the last twenty years. So why don't we start our ranking? Why don't we start with number twenty? What 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 is the worst Super Bowl uh, since 1997 well, in your opinion? More sense to go historically or by or countdown by worst to best. In other words, do you want to go? What are you saying? Should we go year to year or should we just go? No, let's go twenty to one. Okay, no, we're nineteen to one. Well, so I well, so so the way we'll do t- we're going to do twenty to one because this upcoming Super Bowl we have to predict where it's going to go uh, okay, among fine. the last twenty Super Bowls. Fine. Okay, so my worst Super Bowl, of the and I'm sure we'll be very wrong. That's starting with the um. All right, so my number nine, so my number twenty is um. In my, I, I just in my opinion, it's easily the worst game of these last twenty years, uh, and that's uh, Super Bowl forty eight Seahawks Broncos. Okay. So to me, I have that. I have that at number sixteen, wow. and the reason I have that where I have it is because it was one of the most hyped Super Bowls going in. Yeah, that right. Was Peyton and the so- Broncos' offense had shattered every offensive record set by the '98 Vikings and the 2007 Patriots. Mm-hmm. It was the two best teams in the NFL, the best offense against the best defense. You know, the, the Broncos were slight favorites. Every you're right. Everything went wrong from the get go. The first snap goes over Peyton's head for a safety. Uh, you know, it's a uh, it's just a disaster of a game. And then I think uh, Percy Harvin returned the second half kick to the house, which made it like twenty nine nothing. And then at that point, you became clear it was going to be a blowout. Like there was yeah, no I chance mean, for a comeback. Had one one offensive touchdown by the time yeah. the game is over. Yeah, but to me, the reason I have it sixteen is because there's four other Super Bowls that were also not good games, but didn't even have any hype going in, didn't have any historical import. Were games that nobody was interested in at any point. So but to I, me, the I number twenty 20- game that's hyped but then is bad. Sometimes that's like a bigger knock against it. It was one of the only games, and I sort of remember how boring would it be if I told everyone where I was at all twenty Super Bowls. <laughs> I may have done yeah. this last year, so I'll spare them. But I, I kept from the super, first Super Bowl I saw, which was um, Super Bowl. The first one I saw like as live, which was Super Bowl twenty four Niners Broncos. Um, I can tell you where I watched. Maybe everyone can. I don't know, but where I've watched the last twenty seven Super Bowls. Yeah, I think everybody can do that. Probably. No, well, I think movies. just me and you probably. Yeah, well, I also yeah. think there's like false memories on some of this stuff. All right, so as I said, I had that I had that Super Bowl 16 on my list, uh, but you know, uh, you'll just say you'll say your list, and I'll just tell you where I had them on my list. We'll do it like and that. And again, that's not a big disagreement, but I mean, the problem is that game is 22 nothing, and you're like, ooh, you the Broncos maybe stop them, and they could get something going, and then and then Harvin takes the I I, I was upstairs like uh, in my house because I was watching by my neighbors, and I like I I re- went back to like get a drink or something like that. And I missed the Harvin kickoff return for touchdown. I'm like, oh, the game is over already. Well, but hold on. But here's the thing. If you remember the previous year, Jacoby Jones returned the second half kick to the house and gave the Ravens a 28-6 lead. Yeah. And the game seemed totally over. And then, you know, the sec- and then from that point forward, it was one of the craziest games ever. Right. But nothing happens, at, you know, after that, basically. I mean, it's, it, you know. Oh, oh, yeah. But what, I, yeah, but what I'm saying is, in other words, it was possible at that point to think, well, maybe the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, it uh, wasn't the, the, like the, anybody yeah. stopped watching. I don't know if anyone left the Super Bowl party I was at, but, but the 20. Can I say something not nice, by the way? I don't want to hurt yeah. anyone's feelings. <laughs> For the first time ever on this podcast? Yeah. Or about somebody I, I, other I than really me. don't. Okay. I, I love all, anyone who listens to this podcast. I love it. I, I said this last year, I think, also. If you are listening to this podcast, ostensibly you care about football. Okay. If I, I think it's a good um, sort of 
way to like sum up where you are in life every year. Where it's like, if you are either A, watching the Super Bowl by yourself, or B, even worse, with your spouse, <laughs> or like, or even if you're watching it but with people you don't really like. It's like a good, it's a good time every year to like analyze where you are in life and like if you're not happy with the people you are watching the Super Bowl with or if you're watching it alone, uh, it's like, you, you know, it's a good time to ask yourself why. And I, I'm not being mean when I say this. I, I really, I always think this. It's like, you know. So you use the Super Bowl the way that other people use like, you know, like Yom Kippur or sure. Christmas. Yes, it is. It, it, yeah, for sure. It's like, <laughs> if I'm alone, why am I alone? And maybe I want to be alone, you know. Some if you know the Jets were in it, I'd, I'd obviously I'd want to be at the game. But if I wasn't at the game, I'd rather watch by myself than with non-Jets fans. But it, it, I think it's I think it is a good sort of like uh, you know test for like where where you're at that year. It's like you may, maybe you're with friends, but it's like ah eh, these friends kind of suck. I need better friends. Or or you know uh, like why am I watching by myself? Or how can I get my wife out of the room? Um, what do you think? Where, where where do you plan on watching the Super Bowl this year? So I'm actually going to be in Florida at my in-laws' house, mm. and so I imagine that they'll probably have some kind of party featuring a bunch of, you know, like the, the 65-year-old Jews who live in their semi-retirement community in Boca Raton. <laughs> Sounds like a dystopian nightmare so far. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I can hope is that between my wife and the other old yentas there, there'll be enough people to watch the kids so that I can actually focus on the game. You know, they they have multiple rooms with TV, so maybe I'll go into the side room with with, with my father in law or a couple of friends. I mean, you have friends. to make it very clear that like the the you know I need not... to watch the game. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. listen, if your wife wants to watch the game, get a babysitter. It's not like she can't watch. That's, that she couldn't care less. I'm saying, but well, like, she there's... like she likes Tom Brady, but yeah, Adam Carroll. I don't I don't agree with everything he says, but I, I did like when he he was talking about like how he went from being poor to being rich. This is uh, you know like a decade ago he said this, and he was saying how like be when you're when you are. Uh, wealthy like the best thing is just he he views success as how much control you have over your own life i feel like you you know whether you have money or not you have no you have no uh adam carolla success because you have no control of your own life because you would not be at your in-laws you would not be at your in-laws for the super bowl this sounds like this sounds awful you need to you need to take well as as we discussed last year I don't really go to Super Bowl parties right now because I got right. a bunch of little kids at home. Well, so if if I was at home, I have those kids. <laughs> well, that's true, but so I think actually I have better potential to enjoy the Super Bowl because of where I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. Okay, so your your life is so like <laughs> so sad right now <laughs> that your best case scenario is watching with a bunch of 65 year olds in like a, in retirement home or something. Yeah, I'm sure that my father-in-law and his uh, friends will have some, you know, sort of a retrograde hot takes, right? They're definitely oh, yeah. not, you know, they're definitely not uh, into, uh, you know, statistical analysis, I would imagine. No, they're going to have no interest in what you have to say. Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to approve. But I don't think, I'm, I'm not going to bother arguing with them. Oh, I like arguing with people who don't know what they're talking about. Uh, at, only watching football. I would never do it with politics. They'll probably be completely confounded by the fact that Matt Ryan has, is going to win the MVP over uh, Tom Brady the night before. Especially because uh, you know they're Michigan guys, so they'll be they're in, they're in the bag for Tom Brady. Um, and by the way, I also think Tom Brady's winning Michigan MVP. Guys, like he's, it's his college. Not all, not he's well, like, no, not all of them. Well, not the people who will presumably be there will be his neighbors. So yeah, those aren't all Michigan people. But all right, why don't we move on? So what's that? What, what's the nineteenth best Super Bowl in your estimation of the last twenty years? Okay, the nineteenth. Well, you're. I mean, it's a little confusing because we're. The 19th best Super Bowl, I have uh, Super Bowl 35, Ravens-Giants. Okay. I also have that 19. Yeah. We agree. It, it, I mean, very similar to, um, to the, the 
the worst game, the Seahawks Broncos game, uh, it it began the second half began with a uh, kickoff return for touchdown that basically ended it. Although the yep. Giants Ravens, I think, uh, began with two kickoff returns for touchdowns. Um, that it was, yeah. you know, I was rooting against the Giants. We were still in high school. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I it was. It, the the Ravens that year actually really did have a magical run. It was weird because they were at one you know on one side like this, the probably the strangest good team in NFL history. Right? Didn't score a touchdown for five weeks. Yeah. Uh, you know, had probably you know the, one of the bottom three, if not the worst quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. But they were super interesting, and they would they would play these games every week where they'd get one big play from say a Shannon Sharp. And they'd win sixteen thirteen, right, or thirteen ten in, in in the playoffs to move on. Yeah. Uh, so their their defense was already being talked about as being the best defense ever. But that Giants team, even though they beat your Vikings the week before forty one nothing, was yeah. as far as Super Bowl teams go, way Terrible. more average. Super Bowl well, so there, you know, twice in three years we had examples of the Vikings blowing an NFC title game they were favored in, leading to an undeserving NFC champ and yeah. a garbage Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah, because I mean, it would have been interesting to the see the Ravens Vikings, the Vikings yeah, offense. Yes, the Broncos Vikings Super Bowl in '98 would have been one of the most anticipated yeah. games ever. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, in Elway's. Yeah, but you're game. right. I mean, the fact that the Ravens are only three point favorites over Kerry Collins' garbage Giants shows the fact that the Ravens were not really impressive. Right, they couldn't score. Uh, it was just impossible. Yeah. It was like seemingly impossible for them to score more than. Six. And the other reason that the Super Bowl loses points to me is because it was so annoying. Like this was the Ray Lewis redemption story. Like the year before, he was arrested at the Super Bowl, you know, for right. his alleged involvement in a murder. Yeah. And this year, he was Super Bowl MVP. And you know he's just a, he's a blowhard that nobody wants to see uh, you know uh, extolled. So, uh, but to me, I have it number nineteen. I have it ahead of one Super Bowl which you haven't mentioned yet because at least the Ravens defense was historically great, and so it it does have some you know historic value. Definitely, it definitely has some historic import. But the game was just yeah. the Ravens. There was just two really boring teams in there, and it, it ended yeah. up not being a defensive battle. Yeah. Uh, and the like once the Giants went down, like there was no way Kerry Collins and company was you know on a Monty Tumor yeah. were going to be able to move the ball yeah. on, on the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, All right, so what's your number 18? Super Bowl, though. I wish I could see more of that. Yeah, that's true. All right, what's number 18? My 18 is the um, the year we just talked about, the uh, the 1998 season, so the January 99 Super Bowl, uh, mm-hmm. Broncos-Falcons. And one, it was a bitter, you know, we had very similar experiences. We, we Both our teams blew double-digit leads in the second half of the, of the conference championship games and didn't make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, it was basically a carnation for the Broncos. The Falcons were... 14 and 2 but they were a paper tiger 14 and 2. Yeah. Uh, you know, they didn't really have a lot of great wins. They went 8 and 0 at home. Um they, you know, I mean Jamal Anderson had his best year but like the Chris Chandler Jamal Anderson Terrence Mathis thing like historically doesn't hold up as well as uh you'd hope. And again, the final score of this game is 34-19, but if I if I'm not mistaken it was 34 to 6 in the third quarter. So it was really a blowout. Yeah, so Bill- so Bill Barnwell, uh, you know, he did last week. He ranked like the uh, the the best Final Four quarterbacks of every year in NFL history. Yeah, and then and then Bill Simmons actually went ahead and, and ranked the best Super Bowl quarterback matchups, so the best Final Twos all time. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and did this based on you know based on my rankings of quarterbacks every year. As everybody knows, I've ranked every quarterback every year since 1937. So, so you Chris Chandler based on his good year, not based on his yeah, exactly. Career. Well, because well, the point of this because um, Bill Barnwell did not do it. Bill Barnwell just did it straight on on average net yards average, and you know which um, adjusted net yards average, excuse me, which is a you know which is a stat head number for you know ranking quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And I did it based on, and he actually had 1998 as the best four ever. But then right. he discounted that a little bit because he said, yeah, but, you know, these aren't historically great guys. These are just guys yeah. who had historically great seasons. Sure. But I mean, that is right. true. Randall obviously had his best year. 
Yeah, Vinny, so Cunningham Vinny was number one in the league. He had his best year. Yeah. Chris Chandler. Cunningham was the best quarterback in the league that year. Vinny Testaverde was the second best. Chris Chandler was the fifth best. And John Elway was the sixth best. So, yeah, so you did have four good quarterbacks in the NFC and AFC title games. You know, with, 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 with no disrespect intended to you and your Jets, the reason this Super Bowl is anticlimactic was not because of the Jets' absence. This is no, the of year course, of the, but as a Jets yeah. fan, of course. No, yeah. I, oh, no, I, yeah. The Falcons would have been, you know, I've, I've talked about this a hundred times, but the Jets, yeah. the Falcons 23 earlier in the year, they yeah. would have been a solid favorite. They probably would have won that Super Bowl. But obviously, that they weren't the story. You know, John Elway. Yeah, this is the year. The Vikings went 15-1, and record-breaking offense, arguably the greatest team in NFL history. The Broncos started the year 13-0. and Everybody wanted to see Vikings-Broncos. Instead, Gary Anderson happens, and the Falcons end up in the Super Bowl. Then Eugene Robinson happens the night before the game which was probably a harbinger of things to come. Um, but as you said, you know, this was a blow up pretty early on. And, but the reason I, so I have this at 15 and the reason I have it a little bit higher up is because a, the Broncos are a historically great team and B, this is a Super Bowl Everybody remembers because it's John Elway's walk off. Yes. No, there definitely was, it wasn't like a boring sort, you know, there was a, a million storylines and those Broncos teams were incredible. I mean, they had like a yeah. hall of fame offensive line. Terrell Davis, like even though you were poo-pooing him last week was so cool. Those couple of years. Yeah, I mean, he, I have him as the greatest postseason running back of all time. You do? Yeah. So that should really help his Hall of Fame case a lot more than you mentioned last week. Well, but here's the funny thing. So last week I showed how his career stats are basically identical to um, – his career stats are identical to Arian Foster's career stats. Mm-hmm. And obviously the difference is that, you know, Terrell Davis had the playoffs. But here's the funny thing. So Terrell Davis in the playoffs averaged 159 yards per scrimmage per game which is the uh, which is incredible, and one and a half touchdowns per game. You know the only player in NFL history to average more yards per scrimmage than Terrell Davis? It's actually Arian Foster, who averaged 166 and also had exactly one and a half touchdowns per game. So actually, Arian Foster was as good as Terrell Davis in the playoffs and actually slightly better, but obviously, you know, he only had four playoff games versus eight, and his weren't Super Bowls, so he didn't have as high a profile. But it's funny that I compared Terrell Davis to Foster because they're actually the two highest uh, in terms of yards per game running backs in, uh, in postseason history as well. Uh-huh. So yeah, no, I do, but I do boost Davis a little bit because of that. But again, he played eight. You know, he was it was two Super Bowl runs. It wasn't like you know he played twenty playoff games. It was you know two years because his career was so short. Um, yeah, all right. So that's so that's number eighteen on your list. What's number seventeen on your okay, list? Okay, number seventeen is another Broncos Super Bowl, but uh, many years later. Um, last year's Broncos twenty four ten win over the Panthers. Uh, it was just such a bad game. Yeah. It was so bad. Yeah, I, it was closer than maybe one or two more games we're going to talk about, but it, I, it was just like there was nothing interesting. Like, tell me something cool that happened last year other than like what, the most memorable play of the whole game is probably Cam Newton not going for a fumble. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it was just You're right. terrible Super Bowl garbage game. I was yeah. depressed after like, you know, like, you know, we talk about like there was three games left going into yesterday and you want to, you know, you, you want to sort of get squeeze the juice out of every game and both games stunk yesterday. And so I like I remember last year like oh this is it like there's no Super Bowl there's no football till September and as a Jet fan there was basically no football all year uh, and there's like this is how we end like freaking Papa John and Peyton Manning make, making out at half at like midfield and uh, yeah it was pretty bad um, yeah so to me it was the interesting thing is that the Super Bowl was basically a mirror of the Super Bowl two years earlier except mm-hmm. that the Broncos and Peyton Manning were on the other side. Right. They, you know that that the other team came in as the favorite because the great offense and 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 the Denver this time had the historically great defense, but you're right, it was not a good game. You know, Peyton gets the head off in the sunset with his second ring, sort of like John Elway. But but yeah, I had this as number seventeen, not a good Super Bowl. But I have two you haven't mentioned below it still. Okay, so let's let's get there. Um, so okay. Super Bowl thirty seven, 
Uh, I the Bucks beat the Raiders forty eight twenty one. Kind of a misleading score. The Bucks scored uh, had two pick sixes very late in the game. In the last minute, eighteen. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, well, the, this is what's weird about this Super Bowl. First of all, so I, I think I mentioned this before. I lost money on this game because as the kickoff was happening, some guy at the party I was at is like, "Oh, Tampa is going to blow him out." And I turned to him and I said, I mean, you realize the Raiders are favored in this game. He's like, no, no, they're not. I'm like, they are. He's like, you want to bet? So I figured, all right, if you want to bet straight, you know, you money line, I'll take the favorite. Favored. You shouldn't have bet on the game. <laughs> yeah. you have bet on the so pass. so I so I bet twenty bucks because I'm like, you know, Oakland's favored. People people forget now because A, the final score, B, the fact that Gruden, you know, was the Raiders coach the previous year and it, in hindsight it seemed like they didn't bother changing their plays. And then C, you know, that weird disappearance of Barrett Robbins. Yeah. Yes. So in in hindsight, it seems like the Bucks were huge favorites, but the Raiders were four point favorites. The Raiders had a high powered offense. Rich Gannon was you know putting up Pro Bowl numbers, and Tampa Bay was Brad Johnson, and you know they weren't that impressive. But um, yeah, but it was a terrible game. I think the Bucks were winning thirty four to three after Rich Gannon's first pick six. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I have that I mean, at number fourteen though. Is, yeah. By the time Rice catches that touchdown, it's you know they cut, they make it a two score game, but it's pretty much out of out of range. So. It's not crazy to say that that's even though it's a bad game, it's better than, uh, you know, it's, well, it's maybe better more- than the final score because yeah, it was thirty four twenty one when they, they the the Raiders scored three touchdowns in a row in in the fourth quarter. They were within thirteen, and if that pick six with one eighteen, if that goes the other way, then all of a sudden it's you know a one score game. So yeah, uh, so have, I had the number fourteen. You also have, I have a, a little bit higher a team with no history against yeah, Tampa against, Bay. The, against a team that hadn't been in the Super Bowl in a million years. So and, and, hasn't, of, and hasn't been since, yeah. right? And hasn't been since. And 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 in terms of just like uh, you know how the game felt, the way that like the Patriots Falcons in two weeks is going to feel like a pretty big game, and you know maybe the Favre Packers versus the Elway Broncos felt like a massive game. Uh, this felt you know this felt like a pretty. This was like uh, you know Tampa Bay Oakland couldn't be Sunday night football game nowadays, right? Yeah, uh, you know, but again, there's two Super Bowls you haven't mentioned that I still have below this. My my worst Super Bowl and my 18th Super Bowl. So let's see what do you have next. Okay, so uh, uh, number next 15. On my, next on my list, I have the Steelers being the Seahawks, 21 to 10. Okay, so that to me, that's the worst Super Bowl of the last okay. 20 years. And okay, so it was a close game, but no, in it wasn't. Terms of, it was. I mean, the uh, Seahawks, the Seahawks' highest win probability in the last 10 minutes of the game was four percent. Yeah, but it wasn't Four. a blowout. Like most of the games we mentioned were over by the third quarter, whereas this game was not. But here's the thing: this was a forgettable Super Bowl between two forgettable, boring teams. Uh, the Steelers upset the two best teams in the AFC to get there. Seattle was the best team in the NFC, which which and they were still four point underdogs, which shows how bad the NFC was at the time. Basically, I literally fell asleep watching this game. I remember nothing about this game except for the fact. That all week long, everybody pretended as if Jerome Bettis coming home, as if he was some all-time great, you know, which really annoyed me because Jerome Bettis is a borderline Hall of Famer. I have him at number 23 on my all-time running back list, just ahead of Clinton Portis and Sean Alexander. And then the other thing anybody remembers about this game is the Seahawks fans whining about the refs afterwards. The only thing anybody remembers about this game is the refs. Well, and also, you know, but Jerome Bettis being from Detroit, I mean, that was like a running joke. That yeah, okay, was that's, that's true yeah. also. That was like... That was and and here's, here's my thing, and this is what I say to Seahawks fans. Look, as a Vikings fan, I've been pissed at the rest many times. Again, a game in which you don't have a higher than 4% probability in the fourth quarter is not a game in which you can complain about the refs. You, were, you lost this game solidly, okay? It's not one call that cost you this game. Yeah. I mean, the, the Steelers' touchdowns were kind of memorable, right? The Randall L. pass and Willie Parker just ran, like, the whole field for a touchdown. But No, I have, I, I have no idea. I literally fell asleep watching this game. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it was it was a, one of the more boring, like, Super Bowl parties. And, again, in terms yeah. of, like, games that felt like a big deal, now the Seahawks have become a national team just because 
you know, from sheer will of being a really good team now for like six years. But back then they were, you know, maybe the lowest profile team in the whole NFL. Uh, they had just switched conferences. Yeah. Although, look, Sean Alexander was, you know, like the number one pick in fantasy leagues for a couple yeah, of years Alexander there. Or maybe was a big deal. And Matt Hasselbeck was a very good quarterback. You know, well, people so, forget him now, and he was bald. And Roethlisberger's game, Roethlisberger won the Super Bowl nine for twenty one, one hundred twenty three, and two interceptions. I mean, he was insanely yeah. bad, Roethlisberger. Um, the other thing about that game, you know, you t- we talk about like what ifs. Uh, I believe that was the 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 previous game where the the Steelers were trying to you know finish off the Colts up by either three or four points, and Bettis going into the end zone. Yeah, the fumble. You know, yeah. fumbles it, and if not for Roethlisberger making the tackle, the Colts basically take that to the house and probably make the Super Bowl instead of the Seahawks. Uh, that's, you know, yeah. for, for a second there, that's like the most exciting play in NFL history, right? When, when yeah. Kicks, and also, you forget, Bettis was like 400 pounds by the end of his career. Like go watch yeah. the video. He would, and he would have games where he have six fumble. carries for one yard and three touchdowns. Yeah, he was so bad. He just played the goal line. Yeah, and he was he was like a house at that point. He was so fat. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so that I guess like yeah, ultimately, if I said to somebody Steelers Seahawks Super Bowl, they'd say bad refereeing. Right? That's like the legacy of that game. So I well, understand. Uh, I think only Seahawks fans. I, I, most people would say I have no recollection that game was really boring. Okay, well, that's, the funny that's... thing is Roethlisberger had a bad game, but he actually had a good season that year. That was his second season, and I mean he was you know he was really really good that year. The funny thing is uh, three years later when he's in the Super Bowl and wins it, and we'll get to that one against Arizona. That was by far his worst season. He was I had him as the twenty seventh best quarterback in the league in two thousand eight. So he was atrocious that year, mm-hmm. uh, and they won the Super Bowl, and he actually played better. But yeah, in this year when he was the fourth best quarterback in the league, I have in two thousand five, he had a bad Super Bowl, and they won uh, despite him. So, but anyways, all right. So that's uh, that's number fifteen game on your list for me is the next year, and I assume you have this in your bottom two or three. And Good. So uh, we finally so we finally have even we have twenty through fourteen the same Super Bowls, although just slightly out of order. To me, I have yeah I have Indianapolis over Chicago number eighteen. Um, again, it was a totally anticlimactic Super Bowl because the Bears were a terrible team. Nobody thought they had any chance. The real Super Bowl that year was Peyton Manning's incredible comeback to beat the Patriots in the AFC Championship. Right. Um, a couple things that you're maybe understating about this game. Uh, number one, this is Manning's first Super Bowl, right? And, and you know, sh- essentially should have been his own su- only Super Bowl. It was a huge deal at the time. Uh, and two, it was a pretty close game the entire way. So it really was. So, I mean, Devin has to return the opening kick yeah, for six. Right. So and the, the Bears, Bears actually had, the Bears had the lead for basically the, you know, into the second quarter. Yeah. But this was not a game that ever felt close. This game was Peyton Manning's coronation the whole time. It was raining. It was depressing. Well, Rex Roseman is the least accomplished quarterback to ever make the Super Bowl, right? No, um, there's been much worse. No, Rex Roseman's the least accomplished quarterback. To, go, go look at it now. Who's worse? It is Hold Rex on, Roseman. Well, I've done this before. Give me one you second. Forget how little Rex Grossman played. It was very little. Um, all right. So first of all, we have to look. There was quarterbacks who only played in the Super Bowl because, like Jeff Hostetler, who won the Super Bowl in 1990, he only played because Phil Simms got injured. Yeah, that doesn't really count. I mean, Grossman was the team's starting quarterback. Okay, I'm going to say it's uh, Vince Ferragamo in 1979 for the Rams. How many seasons did he play? Pat Hayden was their starting quarterback, and he got injured. Ferragamo started the Super Bowl. Wasn't even you know. Okay. There's been four times where a guy started a Super Bowl despite not being the starter for that team for most of the season. Well, and, it's uh, not Vince... accomplished that season. It's accomplished in his career. Ferragamo has way more career touchdown passes than Rex Grossman. All right, fine. So probably, I guess it by is... that standard. Yeah, it's Rex Grossman. Yeah, it's either Grossman, Dilfer. Um... No, Gro- Dilfer is better than Grossman. All right, fine. So, fine, I won't disagree with you then, I guess. Yeah, so um, 
Anyway, Grossman throws a pick six, but the Bears are only down five in the fourth quarter when he throws the pick six. Obviously, they didn't threaten much after that, but it's, you know, it has to be above, to me, it has to, the close games have to be above the blowouts. You know, the blowouts but again, but, but, but this is the difference. The Seattle-Denver game, even when, until Percy Harvin returned the kick to start the second half to make it 29-0, until that point, you still thought that Denver had a chance because Denver was so good. This is a game, the Indianapolis-Chicago game, even when it was close, you never thought the Bears had a chance. Going into the game, you never thought the Bears had a chance. So that's the difference. A good uh, how, team down wait, how 20. Were, how many points were the Colts favored in that game? They were favored by seven. Okay. But that's also because you have to realize this was the, the worst Colts was team. really good and, and was like famous for, you know, but the Col- this But this Colts team was far worse than most of the previous years. They were worse than the regular season than the Patriots, Chargers, and Ravens. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, it, it, this this was sort of like the the Cardinals, you know, winning the World Series the year they won eighty nine games. Yeah, this was they had, not, you know, they had two hundred rushing yards in the game from Dominic Rhodes and Joseph Adai. Yeah, Joseph Adai had some good playoff games actually. Yeah, Adai had a, all right. It was good. He just had a very short, uh, you know. Okay, all right. So what do you have at number thirteen? Okay, next game to me. Now we go up a pretty big level here. Yeah, the top, four, the bottom fourteen are the bottom fourteen for sure. Yeah, the, the right. bottom. There's no seven, argument whatever. that any of those games could make it into into this. So yeah, have, yeah, we agree. The, the Patriots Eagles twenty four twenty one Super Bowl thirty nine, okay. close. Um, yeah, so I have that number eleven. So we're pretty close on that one. I would say a very unmemorable game to start. The only thing people remember from it is the Andy Reid Donovan McNabb, you know, ten minute two minute drill. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, you know, Chiefs fans are used to that every year now in the playoffs, but it's incredible. They were down two scores, and they pulled off a 13-play drive in which no play gained more than 13 yards until the touchdown, and then they didn't finally score until less than two minutes to go, and, you know, they had to try the outside although, kick. Although I believe, if I remember correctly, the drive was only like three and a half minutes. It was just a lot of plays. It didn't eat up as yeah. much time as people remember. Here's the thing. This was a Super Bowl that actually felt, unlike the previous couple of Patriots Super Bowls, you know, like the previous year against uh, the Panthers, this was a Super Bowl where we really felt like it was the two best teams in their oh, respective yeah. the conferences. Eagles, this was like final. This was similar to like the Colts winning. It was like finally, the, you know, the Eagles who keep losing the NFC Championship game. Yeah, three years in a row they lost the NFC Championship game. Also, this Patriots team finally felt like a truly great team. You know, they'd won two of the previous three Super Bowls. They had a great defense. They had steamrolled the Colts and the Steelers in the playoffs, and those were their two AFC elite teams. I mean, they just murdered them. Brady wasn't yet elite. Uh, but he was – I had him as the ninth-best quarterback in 2004, which is his first top-ten finish, and, you know, he wouldn't be that low again for the yeah, next decade, obviously. a very solid game. Didn't turn the ball over. McNabb threw three interceptions in that game. Um, yeah. But, it's a close this, game this the thing. whole way. Yeah, you know, well, so here's the thing. So if you remember, so that year – And it was 14-14 after three. Yeah. So the Eagles, as we said, they lost the three NFC championships the pre- three previous years. 2004, they add T.O. to their offense to take the final step. But then T.O. got injured in December and missed the playoffs. And I think part of the reason that New England was favored by seven is because, you know, T.O. was going to try and play in the Super Bowl. We didn't know if he could do anything. Right. He um, ended up having a big game, but he was also clearly yeah. not himself. He, but he played really well. Yeah, the game, as you said, the game was back and forth. Teams right. trading. T- nobody was leading by more than seven. But I think I think the reason we have it this low is because, as you said, once the Patriots kicked that field goal to take a 10-point lead with five and a half minutes to go, we knew it was over because, again, we knew, like, well, there's nothing Andy Reid likes to do more than when you're down two scores, take up all the time trying to get right. one score. The, right. The Eagles so. fin- score a touchdown with a decent amount of time left, 346. But they they use their they, – they get a three and out, but the, the – No, Patriots- they score the t- – no, they score the touchdown with less than two minutes to go. No, I believe it was, it was, it was about four minutes to go. No, the, t- oh, the right. touchdown you're came. You're right, but then yeah. they get they, have they had to kick an onside kick. So they 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 um they get the three and out, but the Patriots pin them at the four. So that's game over at that point. Yeah, and there's like ten seconds at that point. Yeah, um, it, it, this is a game that was twenty four twenty one and never actually felt close to the fourth quarter. 
I mean, the Patriots scored, uh, had a touchdown and a field goal in two, in two drives, you know, turn it from 14, 14, 24, 14. And that really, uh, that was. You know what Super Bowl I have one below this one, though, on my ranking? What? The, uh, the upcoming Super Bowl, the Patriots Falcons. To me, it's very similar in that the reason I have it one spot lower is because I think that the Eagles going into that Super Bowl were a more respected team than the Falcons are going into this Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And because I think that it's going to be a somewhat similar outcome, I think the Patriots are going to end up winning by a relatively close score in which it doesn't really feel that close. Um, I mean, the Falcons aren't respected. They've never won a Super Bowl. They're not a national team yet. But yeah. I mean, their offense is just—it's a top ten offense of all time. Like, I'm shocked you don't respect it more. But again, but those Eagles had been to four straight NFC Championship games and had just added, you know, one of the greatest three or four receivers in history. That was a good Eagles team. That Eagles team was littered with Hall of Famers. At that stage in his career, we thought Donovan McNabb would be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. No, it was a good team. And Terrell Owens was – we forget how great T.O. was when he was good. Yeah. He was really good. All right. So what do you have uh, number 12 on your list? Okay. The next game for me is a game that people probably will overrate because of the final score, and that's uh, Super Bowl Forty Seven Ravens-Niners. Wow. Wow. I mean – That blows it, my mind. It wow. was that such t- a bad game when the oh lights went out. It was You're such insane. a bad game. To me, that's the second best Super Bowl of our lifetimes, no, and it has a strong crazy. argument for the best Super Bowl of our it lifetimes. Has no argument. Uh, uh, the best Super Bowl oh would need God, to be a good game the whole so way. Wrong. Time out. The best Super Bowl ever would need to be a good game from the opening kick until the end of the game. So I guess you don't think the Frank Wright game was a good game, right? An epic comeback is I, even more impressive. That's I, ins- went, the f- I, I that- went ice skating during the Bills Oilers game because it was such a blowout. I left. Okay, so I, I so mean, you missed one of the greatest games, one of the greatest playoff games in NFL history. You missed because you have this silly rule that um, I mean that game was unbelievable. I mean, like everybody's biggest memories are great comebacks. You know, you're a quitter who walks out before it's over, and so that's what the Baltimore San Francisco game had everything. First of all, and and you know this is we have to draw a distinction between Joe Flacco and Eli Manning. Eli Manning's an average quarterback who's won two Super Bowls with mediocre teams because his defense has carried him and he avoided making too many mistakes. Um, or actually because his interceptions were dropped by the opposing defenses. <laughs> by contrast, Joe Flacco was a below-average quarterback who won a Super Bowl with a mediocre team because he put them on his back and had one of the greatest runs in playoff history. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, those four games, he had 117 quarterback rating, 1,140 yards, 11 touchdowns, no picks. His uh, adjusted yards per attempt was 10.8, which is silly. But it's possible that Colin Kaepernick was even better that year. He had a 100 quarterback ranking, but he also ran for 88 yards a game and three I, touchdowns. The fact that Ka- Kaepernick was never good again, basically, does that hurt this game historically? And that Flacco... A little bit. Run? Yeah. A little bit. But this was an incredible game that had everything. Okay, so Jacoby Jones returns the second half kick to the house, and the Ravens have a 28-6 lead, and the game yeah, seems Jacoby, over, and Akiva goes ice skating. J- Jacoby Jones... Well, I didn't go ice skating during this game. I went ice skating no, during okay. the Bills-Oilers game in, 19, in 1992. Okay. But the rest of this game was the definition of a spectacle, was the most Super Bowl-y of all-time Super Bowls. First of all, you have nearly the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. You have an insane blackout, the 40-minute delay. You have the psychotic truth or Ravens conspiracy theory. The blackout does not add to the game. The blackout... Oh, at at every party, it was was like... The the Super Bowl is not just a football game. That's what makes Super Bowl different than the World Series. The Super Bowl is an American event. Can can I explain my perspective? Watching this game at 4.30 in the morning, the blackout was very painful. (laughs) And was hard okay. to stay awake. Well, you're halfway around the world. You're not an American living in America, my friend. In America. In America? Okay, bl- <laughs> Mr. Trump. <laughs> no, but honestly, the blackout made it even crazier. Yeah. It was like, you know, I, I think that, that made it even more Nobody ridiculous than it already was. Fun. Yes, it was a crazy moment, 
But it was 40 minutes of total boringness. It was Steve Tasker, like, fumbling on air. What's going on? You didn't know if the game was coming back on. And the game was over at that point. It was 28 to 6. But then, but then, but then it was such a crazy comeback, right? And then the, 49, the 49ers are down, uh, you know, they're down, what was it, 34, the 34-31 with two minutes no, to go. 34-29 because the game ends in a safety. Oh, yeah, 34-29, excuse me. Yeah, they're down by five. Two minutes to go. First and goal from the Ravens, seven. The Ravens' defense finally stands up for the first time all half. I think uh, Ray Lewis had some more of that uh, antler deer stuff uh, injected into him. You have three straight incompletions to Michael Crabtree, but you have a game that stalled at the goal line. I mean, this game had everything. The second half, th- I love this game. I'm shocked how low you have it. This game was so exciting. This game, like, to be at a party was just, like, pandemonium. Like, people like, what's going on? You know, the lights went out. You know, like, women asking questions, men pretending they know the answers, but nobody knows what's going on. Fantastic game. To me, that's number two on my list. So, a uh, big disagreement for us there. I mean, let's – I'd like to Massive know, are you – because this is gonna, obviously going to be our biggest disagreement. Are you Team yeah. Chester or Team Kiev? Because this was a – yes, it could – yes. Kaepernick, you know, completes a pass the Crabtree. And obviously, this game is much, much, much higher on my list. But what what do people remember other than the blackout from this game and, like, the final play? There weren't, you know, Jacoby Jones scoring a couple long touchdowns. Like, great. There really was. The crazy comeback. Okay, fine. So, yeah, let us know. Do you think that uh, Super Bowl, what was it, 48 or 47, 47, whatever it was, Mm -hmm. Baltimore 34 or San Francisco 31, do you think that was a great Super Bowl or do you think that was a bad Super Bowl like you gave it us? Mm-hmm. All right, so what, what's uh, what's next on your list then? What's number eleven? Okay, number eleven, pretty. Uh, and again, when are, when are you st- when are you sticking uh, your prediction for the twenty sixteen? I'll Bowl let you know. Or? I'll let you know. Okay. Oh, um, so you're more confident. I have it at twelve. You you think it's still going up? Yeah, I mean, right. I'm I'm optimistic. I'm not I'm not okay. certain. Um, I I also um, like we've been very blessed with Super Bowls. Like if you grew up in the eighties and early nineties, like you have like the two Niners Bengals games eight years apart or whatever. Uh, and and the Giants Bills and that's it. You know there was like fifteen yeah. bad Super Bowls out of eighteen. Uh, yeah. You know the, like we're in the middle now and these are very good games. Like I have the Ravens, you know Niners outside my top ten, but that's still great, right? Like for a Super Bowl, that was still like. Uh, worth yes, watching. I agree. It was great. It was number two all time in my well, opinion. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I uh, you're wrong, but that's fine. Um, so my not next, all time, just in the last twenty years. Right. Yeah. Although to be fair, there aren't a lot of classic Super Bowls in the first twenty five. Like the Niners-Bengals yeah. games make the top 10. I do want to expand this to like my top 50, but it wouldn't be – it would just be too much for a podcast to see how long this is going. Um, yeah. But there aren't that – you know, one of these Steelers-Cowboys games, the 35-31 is a classic. The Jackie Smith game is a classic. There, you know, but the, the first six, there's really not much there. Um, you know, the, every, right, okay. every time okay, the Vikings, what's, what's number 11? Every time the Vikings show up, there's nothing there. Yeah. Like, there it's a no terrible ones. Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, okay, so Super Bowl 45, Packers 31, Steelers 25. Yep. To me, that's uh, number 13 on my list, by far the worst of the remaining Super Bowls. Okay, so in its favor, you had you know Aaron Rodgers winning his first Super Bowl. Uh, only. You had, you had his, own, his, only. his only Super Bowl. That's true. Um, he, you you know you have two really good quarterbacks going up against each other, or at least two. You know, one like immortal basically, and one very good quarterback. Um, were there a lot of really memorable plays? No, but the game was also pretty close. Like the Packers, it was it was you know the Packers were always like up by three, up by ten, up by three, up by ten. But I, the Steelers were favored, right? Well, okay, yeah, so the St- no, the Packers were favored by three. Oh, okay. And that's, again, so as I said, I graded on two things. And one part is anticipation. What does the Super Bowl everybody wants to see that year? This was the year, this was Aaron Rodgers at the peak of his powers. Well, the next year, actually, he'd be even better, at least in the regular season. Tom Brady was the best quarterback in the league that year. 
And this was the year everybody thought we're going to get a Rodgers Brady Super Bowl. Until Mark Sanchez and the Jets ruin it for everybody. They go into New England in the divisional round and they beat them. A week after going into Indy and beating Peyton Manning. And the Steelers benefited from the Jets upsetting the two best teams in the AFC because the Steelers made a Super Bowl that, that they didn't deserve to be in. Um, which is why, you know, as I said, the Packers were favored. The Packers jumped out to a 21-3 lead and basically held on. The Steelers never had better than a 32% win probability from that point forward. Uh, even when they scored the touchdown to make it 28-25 midway through the fourth, they still did not have a very high win probability. The Packers responded with a field goal drive that took over five minutes. And when the Steelers got the ball back under two minutes to go, they throw three straight incompletions game over. So this was a game that was not as close as the final score indicated. And this was a game, again, that the Steelers shouldn't have been in, and they're only there because the Jets had to ruin it for everybody. It was kind of, and I agree, obviously the Patriots were a better team. Uh, obviously, if the Patriots were a great team, they shouldn't lose to Mark Sanchez in the playoffs. But, I mean, you forget how good the Jets were. You know, the Jets' offensive line was just so good that year, and even their defensive line was good. Like, Sean Ellis, every single play in that Patriots game is, is in Brady's face all over him. Um, yeah. Anyway, but it did feel more than or just about all the games we've spoken about so far, like it was two A-list teams going up against each other. Like it was a... Yeah, not- see, I, I strongly disagree. The Steelers were at best the third and probably the fourth best team in the AFC that year. I strongly disagree with you. It I did mean, not feel that way. Burger, when he has like, you know, Mike Wallace and Heinz Ward to throw to, that's a team that like on a given day can go and win a Super Bowl. Roethlisberger yeah. was not that good that year. He was the 10th best quarterback in the league that year, which is okay. You know, 10th best is, is you know, Andy Dalton territory. Mm-hmm. Roethlisberger has had great seasons. That was not one of them. Yeah. I mean, again, the Steelers had the ball with a chance to win in the final two minutes of the game. To me, that's better than the Eagles not really well, having that opportunity I mean, against the, the, the Patriots. But Yeah, but I mean, but they didn't really is what I'm saying, right? They, they, had, they had the ball deep in their own territory, down by six, and they went three and – you know, they went incompletion, 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 game over. So, um, all right. So, uh, but we're in the top ten. So, what's next to you? Okay. Uh, I've, got, I've got Super Bowl 44, Saints 31, Colts 17. Oh, wow. So that's another one that I have uh, very near the top. I mean... I have that number four all time. Let, let me try and argue it first, okay? Okay, yeah. So I mean, one this the, is one of the games I have the coldest take on. I, I just feel like... Yeah, you go, you go. Okay, so first of all, what I want to say is um, there's only four times in NFL history, and again, this is in response to Bill Simmons, there's four times in NFL history that the two best regular season quarterbacks face each other in the Super Bowl. The fourth one being the upcoming Super Bowl we have between Matt Ryan and Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Super Bowl 19 when you had Joe Montana against Dan Marino. Dan Marino 1984 was the greatest season in history until that point. Um, you know, they were both at their tip top. They're both top 10 all-time quarterbacks. That was just in a great matchup. You have Super Bowl one actually, between Bart Starr and Len Dawson. Very underrated. Again, nobody really respected the AFL. But Len Dawson was an incredible quarterback. He's number 14 on my all-time list, actually even higher than Bart Starr. And then a Super Bowl 13, Terry Bradshaw against Roger Staubach. This Super Bowl was number one versus number three that season because Tom Brady snuck in between – or Brett Favre, excuse me, snuck in between them. Mm-hmm. But um, this was the greatest matchup in NFL history in the sense that we had two top 10 quarterbacks other than Marino, uh, Montana. You had two top 10 quarterbacks both in their peak – Personally, this was a huge letdown for me because, you know, the way the Vikings lost the NFC Championship game. Um, And I actually remember Bill Simmons, which made me feel a little better. And on his podcast the day after the Super Bowl, he said to Cousin Sal, he said he thought the game was a letdown. He said, it's pretty clear the best team this year was the Vikings. We didn't get to see him. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we thought we might see Favre's last hurrah. But um, and then, of course, we got to see the Saints with, you know, with with the evil Hitler that is Greg Williams. But the actual game was a great game. The Colts were the favorites. It was a good game. 
it was the, the, the Colts were the favorites. They led the entire game Carson until when to go up ten nothing. I remember turning to the person next to me and saying the Colts are going to win this by forty. Yeah, well, that's what people thought. And then, people, and then, by, and then, by the way, the craziest part about the game: the Saints, who haven't had a kicker for the last fifteen years, got three long field goals out of Hartley in that game. Who basically was, I mean, I guess Breeze is the MVP, but he's the number two most valuable guy in the whole game. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so the Colts, the Colts, or excuse me, the Saints finally take the lead for the first time with five minutes to go, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Yeah. And then Peyton Manning. The other thing is, we have never had, as we both know very well, we've never had a, a Super Bowl go to overtime. Yeah, and I believe the the announcers was that was that a, a Michael's Collinsworth game? Well, there's been a million times no, when we thought Sims it could. Game. Yes, but that like that was the announcers are openly speculating, like, oh, Manning's going to tie this game, and we're going to overtime. Well, there's been a million times when it could have or should have happened, sure. and in this one, after the Saints, so the Saints are down 17-16. They get the shocky touchdown. They get a two-point conversion, I think, to Lance Moore. It's 24-17. Peyton Manning immediately takes the Colts right down the field, and everyone assumes the Colts are going to tie it up, and we'll finally get our first Super Bowl OT. Mm-hmm. And then Tracy Porter's pick six goes, and that's why the spread is 14. It looks like a blowout. Right. But it's still, by the way, this is still Peyton Manning. He got the ball, took them right back down the field again, and then they got a, they, they missed it on fourth and goal from the five. But yeah. if they got a touchdown there, then all of a sudden it's 31-24, and there's still enough time, you know, maybe for an onside kick. So this game was much closer than the final score as opposed yeah. to some games. It, just was like, a, it was a little bit choppy. Um, it, was a, it was a strange game. It was a nice comeback from the Saints. Like you say, even the day after, people were not talking about this game as a classic for good reason. And I would say other than the, other than the, the Tracy Porter pick six, name the second best play of this game. It was just... Totally unmemorable other than that one play. Yeah, but again, to me, when you have two all-time quarterbacks in their primes facing each other, I boost it because of that. Okay, I, I agree. I, see. I, I also think the Saints team that won the Super Bowl, especially in hindsight, is a little bit overrated. Yeah, I mean, well, again, I think the Vikings, were better. the Vikings were better that year. But I, the Saints were actually bet, even better two years later, mm-hmm. which was one of the years when, you know, the Giants would sneak in and ruin it for everybody. But, okay, uh, so all right, next, so what do you have next? My next game... I have uh, the Patriots-Falcons, this year's game. Okay. All right, so you're pretty confident in that game. Yeah, um, but again, you know, I, I expect it to be – it would be a disappointment if it wasn't at least as good as, you know, I want one of the teams that have a chance that's winner-tie going into the last uh, okay. possession. I, I mean, it would be nice to get uh, an overtime. It would, actually, it would be nice to get our first yeah. shutout if we got, like, 38 nothing Falcons. That would be nice, too. The Patriots would be boring. I know, but but it would be a little sweet for the Patriots to be the first team yeah. to shut out. All right, that's not going to happen. What's number eight? Okay, number eight is Super Bowl 34, Rams 23, Titans 16. And the okay, reason so it's eight, even though the ending was incredibly exciting, is um, most of this game was really boring. Yeah, I agree. First three and a half quarters was boring. Also, going into the game, St. Louis Rams, Tennessee Titans, neither team had existed for more than a few years. Yeah. This was the first year of the greatest show on turf, but St. Louis was just so so random to be there. Uh, the Titans felt a bit lucky. You know, they were only there because the Music City Miracle. Um, the, the thing about the Titans and the Rams, like, one, the Rams, like, yes, it was random, but people had already had five months of, like, everyone knew, like, this was the most exciting thing that had happened in the NFL in, like, a decade, right? I mean, this team was, was must-watch TV. Yeah. And the Titans, so he- even though, yes, the Titans now are an irrelevant team again, this the Titans, you know, for the you know much of the late '90s, were like, oh, this is a team that's going to be in the, you know divisional playoffs, uh, you know, every single. Yeah. Year. I mean, that, yeah, that team went thirteen and three that year, so they yeah. weren't, they were and, better and, than. And McNair was, you know, we forget with time about the late great Steve McNair. Like he was yeah. so exciting. Like there was no, you know, he was a little, you know, there was, you know, Randall Cunningham had a couple years, 
but McNair was was like a more pure passer and probably like a better runner, uh, you know, than than Cunningham. I mean, you know, Vic comes a couple years later and like blows him out of the water. No, but... Cunningham at Cunningham at his peak was better than McNair, but McNair had a longer peak. You um, think Cunningham was it, a better player? No, I mean Cunningham had one year better than McNair, but I'd imagine McNair. No, like, Cunningham, Cunningham had two years in Philadelphia. They were better also. You ever see the and then he and then he had ninety eight the Cunningham punting on second down because it was like second and fifty. Yeah, <laughs> Cunningham. Cunningham in Philly was just otherworldly. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the thing about the Super Bowl. I think the Super Bowl is overrated because of the Kevin Dyson play. Here, first of all, he was tackled. Mike Jones got him. He was it was more than a yard short. He was like two and a half yards short. Really, uh, he and stretches way, out, but his knees already down. Dyson was, I think, for a while in the RHAP uh, twenty team fantasy football league. Oh, yeah. That I was in and got kicked out of. He's the guy who infamously, he was the wide receiver infamously drafted, uh, you know, the year before, ahead of Randy Moss. Tennessee took him eighth, I think. And yeah, then and, Vikings and Moss. Dyson's, like, name on ESPN is, like, one yard or something. Like, he still plays that up, even though he's the guy who got tackled, which is kind of insane. Yeah, I mean, look, we were one yard short of the first Super Bowl ever, a Super Bowl overtime ever, again, or, which would have been exciting. Or, I mean, I don't know, you know, <laughs> Jeff Fisher, the worst coach of goes all time. Goes for two there? Goes for two, I can't imagine. <laughs> Maybe punts on an extra point. Honestly, going for two would have been the smart play because, again, even up, they would have been big underdogs going into St. Louis versus uh, going into overtime versus, yes. you know, getting two yards on one play. Yeah. But, yeah, but but it was good. It was boring for three and a half quarters. Yeah, but nine then, nothing with field goals at halftime. Like, the Rams yeah. kept driving and kicking short field goals. Yeah. But, but the time, after the Titans tied it up. Really good. Like, we Eddie Gorge was great. And, yeah. the, and the Bruce play was one of the most exciting plays in Super Bowl history. Yeah. Like, the, the, the Titans have just tied the game at 16. And the very first play of the next drive, Isaac Bruce, 73-yard touchdown. Yeah, it was so cool. And But here's the other thing, and we got to give more credit to Steve McNair. On the next kickoff return, there was a hold on Tennessee, so they had to start on their own 12-yard line with 148 remaining and just one timeout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an amazing nobody, drive. No, no, yeah, nobody saw them driving down the field. So, But I think this one's a little bit overrated. I have it higher than you. I have it at five, but I think other people put it even higher than that. So you have it at eight, you said. By so, the way, right, what do you have at seven? Marshall Falk in that game, 10 carries, 17 yards. I mean, the Titans' defense was for real. Yeah. I mean, even though yeah, Warner they were. threw for 414 yards. I mean, Warner in the Super Bowl, what, he had 1,000 yards in three games. He was just, yeah, well, again, there's a reason I, that I have him number two all time in my overtime. Anyone you bashed last week is uh, – <laughs> I think at this point, I think we're going to have to push up the city rankings to next week or two weeks or something. All right, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. So well, what's number seven on your list? All right, number seven yeah. on my list is um, the Super Bowl 38 – the Janet Jackson game, Patriots 32, Panthers 29. Okay, that's the bottom one on my list remaining number 10, so that's fine. I do it's more wonder, famous for halftime. I do, do wonder, like, yeah, it is more, it's most famous for halftime. I wonder, like, that was one of my least favorite watching experiences. That was the only time I ever watched in the Yeshiva University, like, lounge, which was awful. Yeah. <laughs> I was, like, before our friends, like, Shmarya had their own places that we could, like, go to their houses, but we we're, like, too old to, like, go home or, like, our parents' house to watch. So um, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. When Janet Jackson was exposed by Justin Timberlake live, did you catch it live? No, I was upstairs. Um, I was okay. upstairs. I like went to get some. So I, I, I was at room. a party. It was I was at a party and sort of at halftime, half the people went to another party in the same building. So we sort of split. So there was relatively few people in the room and it happened. And I turned to Adam Yedlin, who was sitting next to me, and I said, we just saw her nipple. He's like, no, we didn't. I'm like, we just saw her nipple. On it. And he's like, what are you like? You're out of your mind. And then like two minutes later, half the people come back in from the other party. And I'm like, did we just see Janet Jackson's nipple? And they're like, yes. Um, but it was interesting how I think at the time people were debating whether it happened or not. To me, 
this is another example, not as bad as the um, as the Patriots uh, Rams Super Bowl, which we haven't got to yet. But the Patriots, in hindsight, are seen as more dominant than they actually were at the time. Like even though they went fourteen and two that year, they only had the fifth best point differential in the AFC. Mm-hmm. This was a team that would just just do barely enough to win, which you know obviously you have to give Bill Palacher credit for that. But Tom Brady still wasn't much more than a slightly above average quarterback. The Panthers were a joke of the Panthers are the only team in the last 20 years, including the Giants, who had a negative score differential a couple times. The Panthers are the only team in the last 20 years who were statistically a below average team by DVOA. I mean, they were a terrible team. And by the way, this game was boring until the fourth quarter. There was no scoring at all in the first quarter, in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, but the fourth quarter was very exciting. I'll give it that. Yeah, I was just talking to, uh, to Harold about this game because he sent me his rankings and he had this game uh, very high. And I was telling him, yeah, this game was uh, it was fourteen ten after three, and I, well, I think it was zero zero in the second quarter. And I turned to someone and said, "This is going to be the worst Super Bowl of all time." It yeah. was really boring. Like it was not an exciting game. And then until it the fourth quarter, absolutely yeah. bananas. Like the Mahomes yeah. play is insane. Yeah, eighty five yard touchdown. Rabel scores again. Like Rabel had a touchdown in the yeah. ball, and then he scores again. Ricky Prohl, who's like the Forrest Gump of the NFL. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Two years before, Ricky Prohl in the Super Bowl gets a touchdown to tie the game against a the Patriots. Circus catch against the like that was a circus throw. And then two years later, he's on a different team, yeah. and Ricky Prohl again gets a touchdown yeah. in the last two minutes of a Super Bowl to tie the game against the Patriots. Yeah, Ricky Prohl is really like he's Forrest Gumping it. He was he was. Uh, but here's the thing: the the reason also why you got to move this a little bit down is because after the Prohl touchdown. They're going to kick off to the Patriots, and the question again, are we going to overtime, or are the Patriots going to drive down the field? And then John Casey boots the ball right out of bounds, and yeah. he gets the ball at the 40, and, and immediately at that point, it's like, all right, yeah. it's over. Right. They didn't need to get very many yeah, yards to get into range. Casey, and, and there's a good chance that, because there's really, yeah. there's so, a minute left by the time that field So goes. here's the thing. I have this at number 10. The, in conclusion, it was a game that was boring for three quarters. It was between an overrated team and a garbage team. Yes. And it was a relatively unimpressive win for the Patriots. Right, and DeLome does not hold up well, obviously, even though he was great for part of that game. But, yeah. again, one of the top five quarters in the history of the NFL, basically. So you could put that as high as you want, and I can't really hate on you. Yeah, it was, it was a great fourth quarter. Fine. Um, okay. Okay, uh, Super Bowl 43, Steelers 27, Cardinals 23. I do have some yeah. problems with this game, I'll be honest. Similar to the Patriots-Panthers, <laughs> this game, I, I've said before, is the only Super Bowl party I was ever at where a lot of people left. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe Shamari was a bad host, I'm not sure, but a lot of people left. <laughs> Uh, the the uh, there was not a feeling of this is an epic game. The Cardinals were nine and seven. Uh, you know they gave a fifty six points to a Jets team that didn't make the playoffs that year. I've said that stat a hundred times on this podcast, but they oh, were. Can, can, can we discuss the Cardinals? The Cardinals lost their last four home playoff games. Okay, they got killed by every decent team they met in December. They lost the Vikings by twenty one. Home games, not playoff games. Yeah. Yeah, home games. They lost the Vikings by 21. They lost the Eagles by 28. They lost to Matt Castle by 40. Well, Matt Castle was good right. back then. <laughs> they snuck into the playoffs because they had one hot wide receiver, who, by the way, had a great Super Bowl also. He had two touchdowns in this game. But the game was very boring, except for the last play of the first half and basically the last play of the second half. It basically had two plays that weren't super boring. I mean, basically every touchdown was kind of crazy, and then every non-touchdown was entirely forgettable. Yeah, the Gary the Steelers Russell play this... is amazing because if you're cousin Sal, Bill Simmons fan, like cousin Sal's lock of all time was Gary Russell not <laughs> yeah. not scoring, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he scores to make it ten nothing, and then uh, you know the James Harrison. So here's how I how I like judge: is this an amazing Super Bowl play? The Tyree play, which we'll talk about soon. If that happened in the regular season, you'd be like, oh, my God. Like, Eli is sacked four different times and then throws it and then he catches it while, while Rodney Harrison is murdering him. 
you know, at that- least fifty percent of the time they blow the whistle. By the way, for him being in the grass. Oh, no question, no question. Yeah. Um, they they could have easily blown the whistle, and there would have been no complaints. Uh, yeah. and that and that would have been fourth. Well, in Giants a fans would have complained, but yeah, not really. <laughs> and that would have been fourth in a zillion. So the Harris, but the James Harrison play, like going in for a touchdown before the half. And then him scoring, and then like them almost tackling him, where you know they wouldn't have been able to get any points out of it because the clock was reading zero. That's like yeah. you know the play of the season if it happens in the regular season. So the fact yeah. that it happens in the Super Bowl is really cool. And then the Fitzgerald touchdown where he's like willing himself basically is amazing, and obviously yeah. Holmes makes an amazing catch. So basically, there's there's three incredible plays in that game, and, and like, the rest of the game is complete. The rest garbage. of the game is garbage. Yeah, I, I agree. The Cardinals think they would have been the least worthy champion in NFL history. I think. Um, but here's the thing. The Steelers also, they have the habit of winning the Super Bowl in their least impressive seasons. As I said, this was the year when, um, or excuse me, in 2000, this was the year, yeah, Roethlisberger, it was by far the worst year of his career. He was one of the worst five quarterbacks in the NFL that year. The year before, he was the fourth best quarterback in the league. In 2008, he was the 27th. Um, but there, there was no good team in the whole league that year, really. Look at 2008. Look at the standings. The, the Giants, who had won the Super Bowl randomly the year before, they actually had a good year. They went 12-4, and four, but they lost their first playoff game. I mean, there was there was just no good team basically that year in the whole league. Nobody deserved a Super Bowl that year. So yeah, I have this in number nine, sort of by default. There's a couple of good plays, but overall, uh, two forgettable teams and uh, a mostly forgettable game. But as you said, if you have a couple of huge plays that everybody remembers, you got to yeah, yeah. That ha- that has more right. That has more epic plays than almost any game on this list. Uh, number five is uh, the second Giants Patriots game. Oh, okay, boy, we're we're right simpatico here right now. We've yes. had three in a row. Forty six. Yeah. Uh, to me, historically, it's a cool game. The sequel's never as good as the original. Um, it was a weird game. Like the Patriots had Ocho Cinco's corpse wide open the whole game, and they wouldn't throw him the ball because <laughs> yeah. they couldn't catch it. Yeah, uh, the Patriots win this game like nine and a half times out of ten. I think. Like, who are you rooting for in this game? I was with uh, only Giants fans. It was me and like nine Giants fans. So I was rooting for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Because so, yeah, there's a big pile both times. Uh, when the Giants beat the the Patriots in '42, and I'm I'm I, you know I went expecting the Patriots to win by 30, and like in front of me when Brady you know when the fourth down like bomb to Moss fall short, all ten guys like pile on each other and they're like trying to bring me in. I'm like I'm I'm not a Giants fan. Like I'm actually upset that they won. And it's like I it didn't even occur to me like this is, was a possibility that night that I was going to see like this dog pile of guys going insane and like yeah. you know pouring champagne all over everybody because I you know I oh I I literally so it's funny so the reason I asked this is because and I think I mentioned before how you know I used to live in New York and so I hated New York fans the most obviously mm-hmm. and like so much so that in 2003 I was heartbroken when the Red Sox lost the Yankees 2004 I was celebrating but then by the time I went to law school when I was living in Boston I realized Boston fans are even worse than New York fans and I totally reversed and I would openly root for the Yankees against the Red Sox so in 2007 um at when the when the Patriots played the Giants. I was actually living in Boston at the time I was in law school, but I came down to uh, to the aforementioned Shamaria's house to watch the Super Bowl, and but also because it's the undefeated, you know, you don't want to see that Patriots team go undefeated. I was so happy when the Giants won that I poured champagne with my friends, my Giants fans, friends, and drank it. I was so happy. And just four years later, the same teams, and four years later, by the way, now I have moved back to New York. I totally flipped myself. At this point, it's like I can't see Eli Manning, some mediocre garbage quarterback, win the second Super Bowl. I was rooting hard for the Patriots in that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, th- this is the year. So this is the year Peyton missed due to injury. And so, you know. But we also this, like again, for the team that's worthy of winning the Super Bowl. I think. Well, that's what I'm saying. So this was the year that it was – this was preordained for sure Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. The, the Packers went 15-1. and Rodgers had one of the greatest seasons of all time. This came so close like 10 years after the first time yeah. you said, oh, we should have had it. Like we – Yeah. We Bra- had it this, like we could have it next year. Who knows? 
Yeah, Brady Rogers, we thought for sure we were going to get it. The Saints, by the way, were also were even better than the well, Super Bowl actually, year. Next year. According to my predictions, it would be Garoppolo Rogers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The 49ers were also amazing that year, thanks to Jim Harbaugh. The Giants had a negative scoring differential and made the Super Bowl. They were by far the worst Super Bowl team of our lifetimes. They went into Green Bay, pulled off a second round upset. They played well that game. I'll give them credit. They pulled. They beat the 49ers because it's complete bullshit. You know, the, uh, the, the, the general manager of the Chicago White Sox, his son, fumbled the punt return for San Francisco in the fourth quarter, and then fumbled another punt return for San Francisco in overtime. There's no... I mean, if you play that San Francisco Giants game a thousand times, the Giants don't win more than three of them, no, you know? No, no, no. I mean, they were so bad. That was insane. Yeah, and the Giants... And then they pulled one out of their butts in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Mass murderer uh, Aaron Hernandez scores a touchdown on the opening drive of the second half to make it 17-9. Yeah. And then the Pats, their next four possessions are punt, interception, punt, end of game. So look, the Giants' defense played well. You have to give them credit, but yeah. this By the is way, a horrible game. One of game. the craziest stats of that game is like back-to-back mass murder touchdowns. Danny Wood hitting. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but you're right. They're up eight, and it's like, oh, the game is over, and then they just don't score again. It's crazy. But yeah, I actually watched the, the game in an airport. Times. The Patriots had like eight possessions in both games. Like, if those games aren't are like stretched out more, the Patriots score ten more points. Yeah, it's kind of funny. By the way, the Patriots are only two and a half point favorites, considering how bad the Giants were that year. I just think it was like PTSD from the first time. Yeah, basically, I think it was. Um, yeah, like, all right. So that game, receivers like Nick's Cruz, Manningham was still like a really good one, two, three. Bradshaw was actually a very underrated player. Yeah, all right. So I have that at number eight. Um, but uh, what do you have at number four? We number have four, four Super Bowls left. I have uh, another Patriots game. They're almost all Patriots games from here on out. Uh, yeah, all uh, but one. Thirty-six. Uh, Patriots twenty. Rams seventeen. Yeah, we continue to go in order perfectly. To me, that's number yeah. seven, but yeah, it's it's the worst of the remaining four. Yeah, uh, it it depends what you like at your Super Bowl it, because if you like upsets, obviously, you know, you could have it at one or Massive. two, and that would be just an yeah. Fourteen fourteen point favorite the Rams were. There was only in, one in hindsight fan in the you know I was abroad in school and I I remember turning to him. I was so annoyed that the Patriots won the Super Bowl because like the Jets and the Patriots were like equal you know equally, equally bad C minus teams forever. Yeah, people and forget I, like. The Patriots were seen at the time they won as the worst Super Bowl winner of all time. I turned to this Patriots fan and like bitter loser Akiva says, well, this is clearly the worst team that's ever won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And he's like, who cares? I, you know, <laughs> you want to the yeah. ring. Um, but well, 15 years later, though, now it's like Tom Brady, the first. But again, he wasn't very good. The team was they were 11 and five. They won all their games by, you know, I mean, less than the one receivers. Season. Look at the running back. Like, yeah, the defense was good. They had a good line. Their defense uh, wasn't even that good. They, they were not a good team. Well, you know? they shut down like a, like a really good team in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I, I credit to that. And by the way, this was a super boring game except for the very end. I mean, the, the Ty Law has a pick six. Like, there's memorable games. Like, the Pro Bowl. Yeah, the Patriots are winning play. 17-3 entering the fourth quarter. Um, but you but know, the and whole this time is, you're feeling like, oh, this is insane, right? It was – you yeah. felt that game. Like, it, it had a lot of gravitas to the game. It's the post-9-11 Super upset. Bowl. Yeah, it just – it felt like a really big, important game. Yeah, I mean, to me, it felt like a forgettable game. It was like, uh, you know, the um, the the Patriots are some random team. They have some random rookie quarterback. We'll never hear from again. Some sixth round pick. Um, you know, also, it wasn't even like the game winning drive was not exciting. So the Rams score a touchdown, and then with one thirty seven left, it looks like we're going to finally see our Super Bowl OT. The Pats drive to get the game winning field goal by, by Vinatieri. It was like dink and dunk. They don't have a single play of more, only one play of more than 11 yards. Three straight passes to J.R. Redmond, and then Jermaine yeah. Wiggins, the ex-Jet, catches. Ex-Viking. 30. Yeah. Jermaine Wiggins, by the way, is, is a true Forrest Gump of football. He's in like 40 different insane scenarios in, in, in uh, like crazy plays. Yeah. All right. Okay. So uh, what's number three for you? 
and Wiggins, for your part, what, how is he best remembered for um, the, being a Viking? Well, a penalty. No, he's on the love boat. He's like a big love boat guy. Germany. No, Fred Smoot was Fred Smoot was the most famous. Right, guy he was the most boat. famous, but like Wiggins yeah. was on the boat. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, w- Wiggins has like a crazy like. There's like twenty yeah. crazy Wiggins things. Um, okay, number three. I, you might have this at number one, um, but I, I just think that. Oh no, you're gonna be wrong again. Yeah, I know what yeah. you're gonna say. You're gonna say New England, Seattle? No, no. Oh, New, good. New, oh, New England, good. Phew. New England Giants, uh, the, the the original forty-two. Oh, oh, oh I have the number three. I have the number yeah. three exactly. Yeah, We're simpatico. Um, okay. In terms of historical importance, number one by a thousand miles on this list because you have a sixteen and O team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I have no. If somebody had this number one, I wouldn't say they're wrong. But if you're judging every game in a vacuum, clearly it was not the best game of these twenty games. Yeah. But yeah, but you, you we you do have to acknowledge the Patriots were the greatest team in history. They still were, even having lost Super Bowl. That was the greatest team in history. In Tom hindsight, Brady had the great. They just ran out of steam. Like, Tom Brady had the greatest season in history. Yeah. Um. You know, and also people, again, like, people, people also for- forget the we both said Jinx at the same time. Like, yeah. <laughs> the, remember when like they were running up the score in the first half of like October games. They were up yeah. like thirty-five nothing on the Dolphins, and like people yeah. were mad that they were like passing. They had the like twenty-four half. point spreads against like decent teams like <laughs> the Eagles. Yes. This team right. was they were, insane. They were winning like they were winning like Monday Night Football games against playoff teams, and it was it was like absolutely insane that the teams were coming yeah. within. But people Brady also forget for only losing by three against them. People forget again. Tom Brady before that season, and again from that point forward, he's been the best court player in, in football for the last ten years. But before that year, Tom Brady had never been a top five quarterback. Mm-hmm. Then Randy Moss shows up that year, and and Randy Moss, who was you know the arrives and immediately turns his team into the best team, uh, the best offense in history in '98, and then in 2007 he shows up and, and they break all those records. Um, but the Giants were such a bad team; they had a plus 22 point differential. They probably didn't deserve to make the playoffs. Oh no, the Giants lost their last four home games in this year. By the way, I messed up. It wasn't the Cardinals in 2009. It was the Giants in 2007. They lost their last four home games. They lost the Vikings 41 to 17. But ironically, it was their last regular season game. Remember, they they lose at home to the Patriots 38-35. And that was the game, even though they lost it, that at least in the, where I was living in New York at the time, you had these idiots, suddenly they had hope for the playoffs, like, oh, you know, um, look how close they were to the undefeated Patriots, maybe they have a chance, and then unfortunately that's what happened. But, you know, so much luck for the Giants, Eli's drop picks, the helmet catch, et cetera, et cetera. Well, there was so much luck. Yeah. But, I mean, um, the, you know, this was the first... The, Packer, the far of Packers uh, snow game, right? Yeah, this is the first and last time I've ever rooted for Eli Manning, or in the first and last time I've, only, I've ever celebrated a New York Giants victory. Because I, I did not want to see the Patriots go undefeated. Even though from a historical perspective, again, that was the greatest team of all time. I don't think we'll ever see a team. Well, let me ask you a good. question. Obviously, the Tyree play is the, you know, the most famous. And, I guess, and maybe and he never ca- and he never caught a ball. The only thing he did after that again. was a campaign against yeah. gay marriage, right? Yeah, he, he campaigned against catching balls. But the <laughs> Plaxico Burris uh, scores a touchdown. What's what's the other play that sticks out to you? Because there's one that clearly sticks out to me. Randy Moss almost touchdown. You're saying? I mean, would have been the greatest play. Tom Brady throws the ball. I think like 79 yards on the fly on that play. <laughs> like at a certain point, I know it's like 10 years later at that point, but it's like, how does this guy get drafted in the sixth round and have the yeah. ability to throw the ball 80 yards in the air? You know, like a, yeah. a perfect spiral that like if Moss jumps, he probably catches and the game goes to overtime or he scores on that play. Um, yeah. Randy Moss was. Is he the most exciting player of our lifetimes? Well, I mean, I'm biased, obviously, because he was on the Vikings. And, and, and that 98 season was the greatest you know, season of my life in, in, mm-hmm. in any sport. So to me, I'd say yes, but I'm biased here. So you'd have to have somebody who's I not mean, who else would, I mean, Barry Sanders was very exciting, but he never had a playoff moment that was relevant. Yeah. Um, Although, but Moss pretty much no-showed in, you know, in the biggest playoff games also. Yeah. I mean, did so, he no-show or was he like quadruple teamed? 
Well, I mean, I think he sort of no-showed in the, in the Gary Anderson game. But All right, so what do you have number two? There's only two options left. Yeah, number two, I have uh, Super Bowl 32, Broncos 31, Packers 24. Okay. It, you know, it's an epic matchup between Elway and Favre. This could easily be number one. No, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's also it's wrong. One? Where do you have this? No. Again, you have to look at how we looked at it going into it. Going into it, the NFC had won 13 Super Bowls in a row. Mm-hmm. Brett Favre has won three MVPs in a row. Nobody thought Denver had a chance mm-hmm. at all. Nobody but was like, oh, what a great match between – nobody was saying, but, oh, what a great match between Brett Favre and John Elway. Everybody was saying, okay, here's another blowout. The Packers were 11-point favorites. You're saying that the hype wasn't strong enough, and even though the game, which was almost universally at the time considered the best Super Bowl of all time, covers Sports Illustrated next week, best Super Bowl ever. You're saying, you're saying afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying yeah, – but, yeah. but you said going into the game, everybody was talking about Elway versus Favre, and I'm saying nobody was talking about that. I'm not – I didn't say that. Okay, then I misunderstood you. I apologize. But it ultimately, it's the greatest, you know, I guess the number two greatest quarterback matchup of all time. I mean, Montana Marino is obviously better, but also was irrelevant because every, you know, the Niners were better at every single position than the, than the Dolphins were and destroyed them. Um, the. I, well, it, no, I, it, it was not the number two. Uh, Peyton Manning against Drew Brees was better than Brett Favre against John Elway. But we'll get to that when we do my quarterback rankings in a couple of weeks. Um, here, so here's the thing. Football's over. We're done. Right. In hindsight. The Broncos were pretty clearly the best team that year. They had the best scoring differential. They were best according to all the advanced rankings. The only reason that the Packers were such huge favorites is because everybody back then thought that AFC teams had no chance in the Super Bowl. Well, the Packers everybody are thought defending that the, champions, and they come back with like, yeah. just as good of a team. Yeah, right? as I said, and Brett Favre is through too. But, but here's the thing. The Packers still uh, had the lead and win probability with under four minutes to go uh, until Terrell Davis you know, run, runs Denver down the field, gets that touchdown with under two minutes remaining. But then the Packers get the ball back, and they drove down to the Denver 31. And that's so, what made the game great. Right. Yeah. So, but it wasn't, but it, you know, there, there were, it wasn't that exciting of a game. It, the most exciting thing about that game was the fact that it was a surprise that an AFC team won because that seemed like an impossibility. It was just, it was, first of all, it was always close, right? Other than for, uh, you know, part of the second quarter, it was always seven point or less game, uh, similar to our number one, which was never a blowout. Um, I, just both teams, like, they had just good players at every position. Yeah. You know, Favre is throwing to Freeman and Shimura. And, and all these guys in a defense, they have Reggie White and Leroy Butler. And What's Mark Shamora most famous for, by the way? Dumping in a – everyone knows this. Come on. That's the people forget type thing. Wait, the hot tub? Yeah. Oh, well, No, you're uh, thinking uh, – dumping, that's Najee Davenport. Oh, you're no, right. no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot tub with a – Yeah, Mark Shamora in the hot tub with a 14-year-old yeah. babysitter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, I'm glad we both have the same number one. That's a big relief. Yeah, number one, uh, a game that felt important. You had the defending champion against a zillion-time champion. Uh, this spread it, was a pick'em, by the way, yeah, which just is, spread, says it all. Forth, back and forth game, uh, you know, a a the the final the final rel, you know the final relevant play of the game, you know, is discussed forever. Basically, uh, by the way, I'm wrong. The, the Seahawks did have a brief ten point lead uh, in in this game, just like the uh, the Broncos had a ten po- quick ten point lead. In yeah, game we just discussed. Um, but it was just two titans going at each other, like a great offense and a good defense versus a good offense and a great defense. Uh, yeah. Were there were there a lot of plays in this game that that are unforgettable? Not really, just the one, right? Yeah. Well, okay. So yeah. So as you said, you know, the Patriots are down twenty four fourteen half of the end of the fourth, and then they get two touchdowns sandwiched around a three and out for Seattle. But then you know Russell Wilson gets the ball two minutes to go. I think that first play, the drive to Marshawn Lynch, that's a pretty memorable play. Immediately he got some into New England territory. Yeah. Yeah. Remember Lynch down the sideline. Yeah. Then then they had another long pass. Um, who was it to? They had like a thirty-yard pass. Matthews, I think, or Curse. Matthews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and that that gets him at the doorstop. 
And then, and I guess, again, this is completely forgotten and it drives me nuts, but the greatest coach in history had the worst brain freeze at the worst right. possible time and allowed 40 seconds to drain off the clock. Yeah. And if Seattle scores, Brady has no chance to get a last chance field goal to send the game to overtime. Bill Belichick cost his team this game. Almost. You know, again, you, you, you judge process, not results. Bill right. Belichick screw, screwed up massively, and then it, it worked out because, you know, you know, <laughs> Seattle also screwed up, and Malcolm Butler had a crazy interception. But um, inc- incredibly, incredibly lucky for Bill Belichick that um, it ends the way it does, and so nobody talks about the screw-up that he had. Yeah. But it yeah, was but th- a, this was, was a crazy, like, how good Wilson is because, I mean, they played that game with, you know, Baldwin wasn't Baldwin yet. And then they, they just, you know, their receivers were guys who, like, shouldn't have been in the NFL. Like Chris Matthews, who I don't think had any catches in the regular season. Ricardo yeah, it was Lockett, crazy. Jermaine and then they had a huge Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, they, they I mean, they had nobody. It was it was Wilson and Lynch in the defense. And, and they, you know, were a yard away from winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. But again, but this is an example of where you had the hype, and then the hype was met. You know, as you said, we, these were the two best teams in the league. You know, all the Packers right. were and in the conversation. The, and of the now four... Well, Gronk wasn't there in the first one, so this is this would be, you know, Gronk is this game. He's the second giant game, uh, you know. But this is the only like relevant Gronk Super Bowl game. Yeah, yeah, and in Seattle being defending champions, and and the fact that it came down to the last play. Yeah, this game was was definitely the best Super Bowl um, of our lifetimes. Yeah, the highest caliber so played. I think I think is, uh, it, but but also yeah. number two is clearly like that was what they would say about Denver Green Bay. Just such a high caliber game between two teams. Yeah, see, to me, number two is Baltimore San Francisco. So no, I mean strong that, disagreement there. Yeah, that's a, that's a team with two mediocre quarterbacks, and it's a blowout with a comeback. But, but Joe the Flacco in the, is a great game. No, but those two quarterbacks had two of the greatest runs in history. Again, it's not like Eli where it's they like won. Two the sp- fighting and like one wins the first eleven. No, rounds. Bill Barnwell was talking about this at the time. the twelfth and almost. Bill Barnwell wrote about this at the time. He ranked the greatest Super Bowl playoff performances ever, and he had he had Flacco ahead of Joe Montana, I think, for number one all time. It Joe Flacco was so good for those four games. Yeah, Flacco was great. Flacco was great. Yeah, but, uh, and Colin Kaepernick was also incredible. He ran for. What does Barnwell say about the Broncos Packers game? Oh, he probably didn't watch it. Johnny come lately. <laughs> Billy Quinn. That's an odd hate. Yeah. But I um I'm yeah. saying, like, it was an amazing game. I'm not knocking the the Niners Ravens, but you want to be top two, you better have had four quarters worth watching. And the forty mile, right. like you're the only person who's like, ooh, awesome. Uh I get to like place, you know, the uh, the candy crush on my phone now for the next hour while we figure out why the lights are off. Like that was terrible. It's a funny. Well, story if you're sitting at home at later. four in the morning by yourself, you have to reanalyze your life choices. I have more friends at four in the morning than you do at you know eight o'clock at night. I was certainly not by right. myself. Sweet barbecue. Uh, well, I was having a, I was having a good time. It was, it was just like pandemonium. Nobody knew what was going on. It was cool. We should have opinion. like uh, like if we have any listeners who don't have anywhere to go, we should have like um, like a football Tinder or like a gridiron like grinder gridinder. <laughs> And like yeah. we'll set up our listeners with like other people who like who have to go to lame Super Bowl parties, and like they could get together. <laughs> uh, this was fun. Well, I hope people, this was like pretty in depth football. But I, I hope uh, pe- we didn't and we didn't fight that much. But I hope people like this. This was like people like when we talk about nonsense and we argue. This was like yeah. substantive football talk uh, and no argument. So I'm sure everyone hates it and like we won't get any feedback on this at all. No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> All right, well, apologies to everybody for our lack of fighting. Uh, yeah, so we didn't get to the Sports City rankings. We'll have to do yeah. that another week. We're going to move that off. we got plenty of weeks. That's, 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 the, that's the type of thing we can do when it's not football season anymore. It's still relevant, I think. Yeah, but, well, it's timely because the Chargers are moving, and now the Raiders might be moving, and so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get to that, though. We'll Vegas that. moving up. Can you imagine, like, Vegas gets the Raiders and the um, Golden Knights? What a horrible name, by the way. 
Um, yeah. Like <laughs> Las Vegas, Golden Vegas really moving up uh, the, the sports rankings. But does anybody in Las Vegas care about either one of those teams? No, not one person. No, that's the problem. Yeah. So, but we'll, we'll get to that when, uh, when we discuss what it means to uh, rank sports cities. All right, Akiva. Um, so we uh, we have nothing to fight fight about yet, right? Next week we'll have to fight about our Super Bowl picks. See if we can climb out of the cellar of the pool of pools. Yeah, I I, I think we're going to end up doing two podcasts next week. Maybe two, you know, one mini, one regular. But uh, we have something other than football that no. uh, hopefully we'll get around to. Yeah. All right. Should we tell people or no? No. No, just in case we don't do it. No reason to promise yeah. and then not deliver. It's not, don't get too excited, no. but it's just a different episode. Yeah, don't get too excited. Well, that should yeah. be really the motto of this podcast. Don't get don't too, get too no. excited. Yeah. It's not a bad name. Man. All right, yeah. I Everybody got choices. I choose to get money. I'm stuck to this bread. Everybody got choices. These bitches and I'm all in their head. Everybody got choices. Keep it one thousand out of life that I chose. Everybody got choices. These bitches be hating. I already know, but I never go broke. No, no, no. I'ma stay getting money. Yeah, yeah. And I ain't gotta sell my soul. No, no. I'ma stay getting money. Yeah, yeah. If you broke, you ain't like me. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.